Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. The only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible. Arthur C. Clarke said that. There is no route out of the maze. The maze shifts as you move through it because it is alive. Philip K. Dick said that. Once you see the boundaries of your environment, they are no longer the boundaries of your environment. The great Marshall McLuhan said that. The role of photography today is no longer, in my opinion, defined by a camera, a roll of film and a print. It is omnipresent in our lives as a form of visual communication, entertainment, information, aspiration and perhaps most importantly, innovation. AI, VR, the metaverse, and all forms of gaming rely upon the created visual image. The aim of such innovation is to achieve a sense of reality, a photographic reality. So often we hear the phrase when related to a painting or illustration that it is so realistic that it looks like a photograph. The accurate representation of a reality is perceived to be photographic by those who do not study the theoretical discussions surrounding truth and the photograph. The reason given now to buy a new smartphone is to clearly identify it as being a camera. Camera brands such as Leica and Hasselblad are working with smartphone manufacturers to add their photographic history to the new releases. Smartphones are now advertised with ever more lenses and computational wizardry to guarantee you better images. This is just as camera, uh, I should say compact cameras once did in the race to the top of megapixels. Camera sales are down. Smartphones are now ubiquitous. Photography has been unleashed and is being redefined. Digital art seems to have made a comeback, and at this point, sadly similar to the worst excesses previously demonstrated in the 1980s and 1990s in a million Athena posters. But some people are doing interesting work and bridging areas of practice many of whom seem to be coming from the film world, where digital manipulation has long been part of their daily creative practice. Never let it be said that this podcast is not a broad church, and therefore, slightly earlier in the episode this week, I'd like to bring you somebody working in that area to describe and to explain what they're doing and, of course, to answer our question, what does photography mean to them? Bradley G. Munkovitz, popularly known as G-Monk, is a prolific Barclay-based director, designer and artist who works not only in motion design and animation, but also in graphic design, experimental design, live action direction, photography, psychedelic design, installation art, robotics, projection mapping, LED, and can you believe it, even more. In his teenage years, he started with sculpture and ceramics, and then in college, he moved on to filmmaking before taking graphic design classes at Humboldt State University. 
where he started using After Effects and Flash to make interactive experiences, merging video, design and audio cues to create something interesting as fresh. Once out of college, he worked as a Flash animator, video editor and worked in motion design for the next 10 years at studios in Los Angeles and Australia, including with the master of film titles, Carl Cooper. If you're not aware of the work of Carl Cooper, check him out. Anyway, uh, Bradley then moved into directing commercials while still working on experimental and experiential projects and photography. An innovator in 3D digital art, using photographs as starting points for his finished work, his clients include Microsoft, Nike, Audi, Maserati, Sony, Hyundai, Hummer, HBO, Adidas, Samsung and Uber. I think it's about time that we heard from G-Monk. Photography for me is an escape from production. As a director, I do massive productions that take incredibly long periods of time. And photography for me is a way to escape from those productions and get out in nature and express creativity through composition and contrast and mood and tone. And it's just a way to be creative without depending on anybody or anything. Now that's landscape photography. Landscape photography is an opportunity to get out and get out into nature, be alone, and just compose frames to observe the world around me uh, through my lens and variety of lenses, obviously telephoto, wide angle, uh, just a, it's a different mood in how you capture uh, the world around you through lensing. And it's also just an opportunity to be creative without being dependent on anybody. And it's also an opportunity to get lost in a moment, to freeze a moment in time where through composition and contrast and the way that you compose the moment, you can express that moment and attach emotion to that moment. Whereas with the naked eye, it has a completely different meaning and a different mood. And so using photographic equipment allows you to manipulate the mood of a moment, which is a very fun aspect of photography for me. Thanks, G-Monk, for your contribution this week. Short, sharp, and to the point. I think it's so interesting that his instigations and his feelings behind the images he creates so similar to photographers perhaps working in a more traditional format and a more traditional way. So take a look at G Monk's work and see what you think. I know a lot of you may feel that he's a slightly strange contributor to this podcast. But as I said at the beginning, this is where photography is going in the idea of the finished artifact. But it does seem to me that the actual instigation, the emotion, the uh, expectation, the desire behind the making of an image 
still remains the same to him as it has been to many for many, many years. Danish Sadiqwe was an Indian photojournalist based in Delhi who used to lead the National Reuters multimedia team. He received the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for feature photography as part of that Reuters team for documenting the Rohingya refugee crisis. In 2021, he was killed while covering a clash between the Afghan security forces and the Taliban forces near a border crossing in Pakistan. We marked his death in our New Year's Eve episode. I've previously spoken at length on this podcast concerning the importance of archives and the ownership of more than just your photographs. This is particularly relevant today with so many photographers giving interviews in print, online and on podcasts such as this one. I should say that I make it very clear to all of our contributors that they always maintain their copyright. I was therefore interested to see a public statement issued last week by Sadiqui's family, and it said this, public statement, the 1st of February 2022. This statement is regarding the publication of the book Hum de Henge. The book's authors have dedicated this book to Danish Sadiqui, the Reuters photojournalist who died during an assignment in Afghanistan in 2021. Further, during media interviews, the book's authors have also claimed that Danish was involved with the book and would give suggestions on making it better. On behalf of Danish's family, we would like to categorically state that no authorization was given to anyone to associate Danish's name with this project. We would also like to categorically state that Danish Sadiqui maintained the highest standards of press freedom and integrity during his life and career as a journalist. He covered the Shaheen Bagh protests with objectivity and neutrality like any other professional assignment. Showing him falsely in this way raises wrong questions on his professional ethics and credibility and seriously hurt his professional standing, besides causing deep hurt to his already bereaved family. We hope the book authors take note of this and withdraw their statements given to the press. For future reference, anyone planning to use Danish Sadiqui's name for any commercial or non-commercial project is advised to seek the consent or authorization of his family. To preserve Danish's legacy and promote value-based journalism, the family has set up the Danish Sadiqui Foundation. Now, It really struck a chord with me because obviously, having made the Bill J film, I'm very aware of the sensitivities in telling stories around people who are no longer with us. And also the impact of telling those stories can have of the family members who are already included in the story, but are still with us. And therefore so important to ensure that you receive the correct information before putting it into print, but also permissions. I think also what it does show to us is that so often 
when we as photographers express opinions to journalists, they can be either misconstrued, reinterpreted or put into a new context. Every week when I receive the contributors for this uh, podcast, the contributions I should say, not one of them is ever edited. They come to you exactly as they come to me. I think that's really important. So perhaps at this point, it is something for us all to consider that when we're not here, the things that we've said and done may be used for others to other people's advantage. Maybe that's something we need to think about in our wills. Maybe it's something we need to talk to our families about. But I think it's certainly something that we need to consider. It used to be the case when any student leaving a photography course in the UK was told that the first thing you should do in leaving is get yourself a subscription to the BJP, the British Journal of Photography. It was a weekly rag, really, staple-bound, not that well printed, but filled with informative uh, information, good information around cameras and darkrooms, a uh, process and the occasional good profile or bit of writing about photography itself. The most important part of the BJP for many were the small ads at the back, the uh, colleges who were promoting themselves and jobs that were coming up for young photographers, assistants and so forth. So it was a hard-working little a magazine, as I said, very slim, coming out every week. A few years ago, it decided to change and become a monthly magazine, an art photography-based magazine, I suppose, beautifully printed on high-quality paper and monthly, no longer weekly. That was quite a strong commercial decision, and at the time, I was involved in magazines, and I remember thinking... That was a risky strategy. It was risky because what they were really doing, from my perspective, was alienating a huge amount of their audience and not really understanding exactly why people were buying the magazine. I'm sure they had good reasons for doing it. They did it. For me, it was great. The moment they did it, a lot of high-end professional photography camera manufacturers didn't like it and started to come and advertise in my magazine. So that was great. As time has gone by, that monthly magazine has become more and more expensive and the BJP operation has kind of morphed, I suppose, into, from my perspective again, a bit of a competition kind of company, constantly setting out uh, photographic competitions and then producing photographic books with Hoxton Mini Press. That's absolutely fine. No problem with any of that. But only recently there seems to have been a big change. The editor who was behind that idea of the magazine going monthly and becoming more of an art-based uh, product has left the CEO has left and the creative director of the magazine has become the CEO. There's a lot of changes going on there. But perhaps the biggest change and the, the one I suppose I wanted to kind of 
talk about this week ties in with that situation I was just talking about there with Danish Sadiqwe and the idea of keeping control of what you have and what you do. So what's basically happened, it would appear, and I'm no insider, so I can only speak from an outsider's perspective here, is that the British Journal of Photography has sold out its Twitter account, which had over 25,000 followers. Sorry, that's wrong. 250,000 followers, I do apologise, into an NFT marketing account now called Art3. The three, the numeral there. And so basically what they've done is they've taken that 250,000 follower Twitter account, changed its name and started to make that account into something completely different to what it was, basically an NFT account. Now, obviously, all those people were following for what the account had been previously. Now, they've started a new account for photography, which is attached to the BJP, to the magazine itself. And that's only got 836 followers. Now, I'm sure that that number will grow and it will grow quickly. But I know that that takes time. I also know that those groups of followers, those communities are hugely important when it comes to promoting competitions or trying people to get people to buy your magazine and tell them what's going on and what have you. British Journal of Photography is, I believe, the oldest uh, photography magazine, certainly in the UK and perhaps in the world. I'm not sure. But it's certainly been going on for a long time and it's changed all the kind of as photography has changed, it has developed and become different things. I suppose what I'm commenting on here is that lack of understanding of community, that lack of understanding of why people follow you and engage with you and how easy it is for somebody you don't know to change something into something you don't want. It's all very complicated and I'm looking forward to seeing how it develops. I wish the people at the British Journal of Photography good luck. It's a tough market out there to produce a magazine and they're going to find it hard. They're going to find it even harder to tell people about their competitions when their Twitter account has been decimated. I'm not feeling quite so positive about art free. But then again, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll probably not be surprised by that. We've covered some ground this week in this uh, episode, (laughs) a lot more ground than I'm currently uh, covering, I should say. But I feel a little bit better. I'm starting to move around. Thank you once again for all your kind wishes. Believe me, I can't wait to be able to drive again and not have to take these drugs. But what I am going to do, And what I haven't been doing, but certainly I am going to be doing in the next week is just to take care. Mm -hmm.